Magical customer experiences don't happen by accident. They happen through careful planning and meticulous design. Kevin and Debbie have been engineering extraordinary customer experiences for over 30 years. Join us as we explore corporate culture, branding, service excellence, and much more through storytelling, technical curiosity, and friendly conversation. The Disney way for the digital age will be revealed. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Disney Way for the Digital Age. I am Kevin Kelly and my partner here is Debbie Zamorinsky. Today we are talking about understanding your digital ecosystem and the touch points that support it all. Hey Deb, how you doing? I'm doing great again. Um, I am on my third cup of coffee and I just <laughs> want to say, I want to share with all the lovely people the great news that you have. Yes, yeah. So I saw this big health report and I am a big coffee drinker and it says you should have one to three cups of coffee today. It's great for you. It kills the bad cholesterol. It's good for Ooh. your heart. Uh, it, it improves brain working. I, I, you know, I just, I was just waiting for them to come back around. Coffee's bad. Coffee's good. <laughs> coffee's, you know, so hey, now it's hey. great for you. So just go for it. One to three cups a day, they said, in order to gain the benefit. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. So I need lots of coffee today because I got in at 3 a.m. I was flying out of Orlando, traveling back home and flying on an airline. Oh, uh, heck, uh, flying on Frontier. And, and, and it's been a good experience. Everything's been fine. But I, was, I got there early and I'll, I'll, I'll say it was human error. Um, Google Flight seemed to show something at two o'clock. And I, I, as I typically do, I just want to get home early. And so I show up early and they said, nope, that doesn't even exist. So I'm sitting at the airport. I mean, six, seven hours, but that's on me. So finally it's boarding. I walk over to gate 17 where my real time uh, boarding pass. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's on my phone, so it can be updated, right? It says gate 17. I walk over to gate 17. They said, oh, no, that's, uh, we're now boarding on gate 81. I said, well, where's the 81? They said, oh, well, that's on the other side of the airport. You need to leave security, go through security again. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. Meanwhile, it's 10 minutes to boarding. So I kind of jog out. Um, I will I will thank Clear. I love Clear. I'm also TSA free. I, I need both. I come out and it is just jammed. There's got to be hundreds of people waiting at, at uh, security. And I got 10 minutes and I go over to clear, they scan my eyes, they walk me to the front of the line, just walk me right in. That is just the best. <laughs> and yes, Deb, you talk about like the people that glare at you. It's like, boy, boy you, you're such a jerk. You just walk. I'm like, I paid for it. You could pay for it. You know? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and then I get there and find out it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. <laughs> so, you know, big fail for Frontier, just, just in that they didn't notify me, right? Yeah. I've got this wonderful computer in my pocket. And I've got your app open. I'm looking at your boarding pass, and you could send me an alert of a gate change. You could send me an SMS. You could do a lot of things that would use technology to give me a better experience, and they didn't. Big missed opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think if I make any point about technology, is really use it to solve your problems. Yeah, gates change. That's not, I, I wasn't upset about that. I was upset that I was at the airport for six hours and didn't know until 10 minutes before boarding that the gate had changed. Mm -hmm. so, and then Clear just was, a, they, they were total heroes yesterday getting me through this. So anyway, that's my travel story, tying it back to opportunities for brands to make great decisions. And that's what we're here to talk about today, right? Yeah. Touch points all these opportunities that they, they have to either create a pleasant experience or not so pleasant. 
So today we're here to talk about your digital ecosystem and uh, the anatomy of that, its importance to your brand and your culture. Um, so simply the, the digital e ecosystem contains many of the digital touch points that so many of us are familiar with from website and e-commerce site, um, social media platforms that all the brands are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera, uh, TikTok now. And your, your paid digital media, which many brands are investing in heavily, Online reputation and reviews. Don't forget about that. That's something, honestly, that um, people would hire us and say, oh, we've really got to start paying attention. And we would do some research. We said, oh, my God, yeah, you do. You've got 798 unanswered uh, reviews and comments. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't forget about that stuff that's out there in the digital ecosystem that you're not paying attention to. Doesn't mean your consumers, uh, doesn't mean your consumers are not paying attention. They certainly are. And if you're in the hospitality uh, vertical, they're certainly looking at reviews. Um, and then if you're really doing it right, things like your CRM, your chat and call centers, and, mm -hmm. and so much more of that. So these things that you can integrate. You know, that, that's all the digital touch points. But boy, there's there's a seemingly infinite amount of non-digital and these um, overlooked touch points like parking lot experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a restaurant or an entertainment or any retail space, right? So all those different ways that you touch your customer as they go down that journey with you. So Kevin, that Frontier app that you have on your phone yes. is a digital touch point. Um, yes, it right. did not work well to service <laughs> you, but it's a digital yes. touch point. Uh, and that's something that they should be aware of. So I just want to kind of put a bow on this concept of touch points in general, aside from yeah. digital touch points. Yeah. Um, we've kind of thrown the term out there a couple of times, and then I want to give you a process that you can use to actually assess your touch points and find out, are they contributing to an exceptional experience or are they actually hurting you in, yeah. your, in your business? And touch points are all about detail. They're about every single interaction that your customer has, every single opportunity to interact with you, that's a touch point. And I'll give two parking lot examples. <laughs> yes. So let's say you own a restaurant and the first point of contact for a customer coming to your restaurant is the parking lot. They pull into the parking lot. Is there a valet? Are they available? Are you sitting there waiting for a valet? Uh, so you decide to self-park and you pull around and there's potholes in the parking lot and your car hits a really hard divot and you feel like you've broken your axle and you're trying to find a space on your own and there are no spaces and you know on and on and on. Well, obviously, this is a touch point. It's the first impression that a customer may have of your company. Right. You get out of your car and you look at the building and the letters for the restaurant name, half of them are burned out. And not only does it look bad, I've seen examples where the letters that are lit make a bad word. <laughs> you know? right. so, yeah. And then you go in and is that seating hostess, is she there? Is she attentive? Is she smiling? Is she efficient? Um, that's another touch point. You walk through the restaurant to your table and is the carpet clean? Is there food on the carpet? You know, all of these are touch Is there points. a smell? Is there, what is the lighting? You know, it's yeah. like all these things that people, I get really uh, upset when I see lighting miscues. People have <laughs> taken the um, 
the the they've gone energy efficient, which I love, right? Yeah. And so many of these cheap LED lightings, they're blue. It makes me feel like I'm in a high school cafeteria. <laughs> yes. Warmth, warmth of dim light, spotlight. It, it creates that kind of intangible difference between, you know, a, an intimate uh, feel of a small restaurant or this kind of like cafeteria, you know, yeah. have a seat over there, you know, <laughs> all mean, those things, the smells, what do they smell? And, you know, do you smell a, a carpet that's been cleaned too many times and smells musty or do you, mm-hmm. you know, smell baked cookies and, and uh, seared steak? Yeah. Whatever that desired experience is. If you've ever been into a, a restaurant for a special anniversary and they have all this mood lighting and the server actually has to come over with a little pen light flashlight so you can even read the menu, that might be yeah. going a little too far the other way, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But So I, all of those things matter. Before you go on, i got to give one more example of the, you know, because the, the lighting and the smell thing for me. Yeah. So you ever been to Ikea? <laughs> Big warehouse, right? Um, did you ever try their cinnamon buns? They're really good, right? Oh, yeah. So they're good, but they don't have cinnamon buns because they want to sell us cinnamon buns. They're like a dollar. They they have cinnamon buns because they bake them. And when you walk in the door, it smells like someone's baking cookies. It smells like a cozy home. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, there's yeah. fresh baked goods. It's part of that whole experience. And that's a touch point, right? They're not baking. They don't want to sell me a $1. Uh, they don't want to sell me a $1 Cinnabon. <laughs> they want to sell me a $5,000 living room set. Yeah. They want me to feel good about, oh, that this seems cozy. Well, maybe it's partly because the lighting's good and I smell home home baked home, goods. Home baked goods. It's uh, when I was a popcorn vendor, that's why I could sell popcorn at eight o'clock in the morning on Main Street, right? <laughs> yeah. It smelled so amazing. And here they are, and they're on Main Street USA. And part of that experience is popcorn. And I'm I've got lines at the wagon at eight in the morning for popcorn, right? I mentioned that poem that my mom had framed and it was, you know, that idea of uh, and the popcorn was a key part of that. Walking into the park, peering down Main Street at the castle and the smell of the popcorn. Yeah. So. I wish I could recite the whole thing, but the popcorn was key. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, all of those things, the things you even may not think about, to Kevin's point, you know, what does to interact with your company, what does it look like? feel like, sound like, smell like, you know, all of the senses come into play. If I'm hearing employees arguing in the back, well, obviously that's not a good touch point experience, right? Right, And it works for your website as well. You know, if I click on uh, a link, does it take me where I need to go? Can I easily access what I'm looking for? Those are touch points. So not to, you know, belabor this too much more, because what I'd really like to get to before Kevin talks in a little more detail about um, the digital ecosystem is there is a process that you can use to assess every single touch point. You're going to have to dig deep to really creatively think about what's every single touch point. And that touch point process is called a touch point mapping process. And what that means is I identify my first touch points. You're going to have to sit down with your team. Don't do this solo. Sit down with your team. Have some frontline employees there with you and say, all right, what's the first interaction the customer has with us? Well, it's the parking lot. All right. <laughs> let's think about our parking lot. Is it clean? Is it Does it have potholes? Are the valets well-trained? You think about all of these touch points within that parking lot. Then to really know how it's working, you've got to get out of your office and walk your parking lot. What are you seeing? 
What are you feeling? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? Because that's what the customer is experiencing. I'm going to walk over and observe my seating hostess and see how is she behaving? Is she interacting with the customers? Is she at the podium when she needs to be? Identify the things that are going well within each touch point and identify those things that might need some attention and then put together a, a plan for how do I improve on this touch point? Right. So touch point mapping, where you list out every touch point you can think of, right up to signing the check in the restaurant and walking out the door, uh, what will your customers say? Are they going to say that was a great experience and I'm and I will definitely be back or right. not? Right. Yeah. And it sounds cliche, but it, truly yeah. every uh, so, so you got to pay attention. Right. That's the one thing I'll say is all you really need to do is pay attention. Yes. You got to pay attention to detail. Right. Right. Um, but every every problem is an opportunity to create something good. So um, hate to beat the parking lot into the ground, so to say, but Deb, I'm gonna ask you to tell the story that the, the challenge of where to park my car. What do you got, 20,000 cars in the parking lot at Disney? And you know, <laughs> know. they ask you, do, do you know where I parked my car? Yes, they did. And they used to do it all the time. In fact, they still do. It's the Magic Kingdom parking lot is like a 12,000 car parking lot. Um, wow. And the guests would obviously, you know, to park their car and, the, the point of this story is that sometimes problems with touch points may seem out of your control, but often are not. Right. And the way Disney solved this particular issue was they tapped into the cast members who actually did the parking every single day and asked for their help in figuring this out. So here's what happens. Uh, the guest parks in your parking lot. They're all excited. We're going to Walt Disney World. We're going to Walt Disney World. We're going to see Mickey Mouse. We're all excited. And they get on the tram and the tram driver has the little microphone and he says, hey, folks, welcome to Walt Disney World. And uh, don't forget you're parked in goofy rows 11 through 15, goofy 11 through 15. And uh, and the guests are going, oh, we're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney World. And then <laughs> yeah, the kids are jumping around. You're pulling in the stroller. Around, you know, you know? Yeah, I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, that's right. The tram driver says it at least three times, sometimes more, and, and they recommend, <laughs> um, you know, oh, you might want to write this down. Now, with so many people having cell phones, they'll also say, uh, take a picture. There's the goofy sign. Take a picture. Rose 11 to 15 and keep that for later today. You're going to need it. So they tell them like five times. Guests go in, they have a wonderful time, and by the time they leave after 10 hours in, in the Magic Kingdom, in the heat, and with the crying children who are exhausted, um, the last thing they want to do is still be at Walt Disney World. So they go out, and they get to the parking lot, and they can't remember where they parked their car, because they didn't write it down, they didn't take a picture of it, because they were so excited, and they would go up to the cast members, and this happened, uh, this solution was put in place many years ago, and they would literally walk up to a cast member that was in a parking lot costume and say, do you know where I parked my car? <laughs> and the cast member is trying to be polite, but thinking, how in the world would I know where you parked your car, right? And the solution, really trying to deliver a magical experience for something that truly kind of wasn't our fault, right? 
they would call security and security would come around with the big blue van with the red lights on it or the blue lights, whatever they were at the time, and load the family into the van and drive them up and down every row of the 12,000 car parking lot. Is this your car? Is this your car? No, no, ours is the white rental, which about 10,000 of the 12,000 cars were white rentals, right? So they drive them up and down the parking lot trying to identify their car and these people are exhausted. And it takes a long time. And of course, security has probably other things to do. Um, This might be a good time to say Disney runs on that, the thought that this may not be our fault, but it is our responsibility. Mm, Right. So this happened so many times. Cast members kept going to managers going, we got to do something. Guests come up to us every day. Do you know where I parked my car? And so the manager said, well, why don't you guys get together and see what you come up with? And here's what the cast members came up with. And they got a printout of a blank printout of the parking lot, you know, and all the little spaces and everything in it. And the morning people would take right on the map what time they were parking each section of the parking lot. So 10 a.m., we're now parking, goofy, rows 11 to 15, they'd mark off those rows. If a guest came out and and they, oh, by the way, they passed that paper on to the next shift and then the next shift. Right. If a guest came out and said, do you know where I parked my car? The cast member pulled out this piece of paper and said, what time did you come in this morning? Well, we came in about 10 o'clock. Okay, at 10 o'clock, we were parking goofy 11 to 15. Right. And now the guests knew within four or five rows, this is where this is where we are and this is where we get off. Phenomenal solution. Right. Created a process. Comparatively easy solution. You know, right. we gave them a blank map and a golf pencil and uh, <laughs> said, hey, right. keep track. So this concept of it's not our fault but it may be our responsibility or it may be our problem yeah. is I think uh, how a lot of businesses don't necessarily think. If you've they got should. a restaurant and your signs are halfway burned out and you say, look, I've called the sign people and they can't get here for another week to 10 days. Well, what if you had regular PMs done on the signs? You know, if you had yeah, right. um, once a month or every, say on average, the sign burns out once every two months. And they said, yeah, this element's getting weak. So let's go ahead and replace it now, right? So what you're saying is yeah. process, apply a process. process. <laughs> apply a process, a preventative process if possible, a corrective process if necessary. Well, the parking lot corrective process is, yeah. is you know, it's simple and amazing and it creates this magical experience. So now you have an answer to this unanswerable question. Do you know where I parked my car? Actually, I do. Do you remember when you got into the, yeah. you know, into the park? When, when did you show up? And I imagine the technological update for the golf pencil and, and paper map is they just put GPSs on the trams and yeah. there's a, a digital log of when they were where. Yeah. Very simple, right? Where, Very where were simple. the trams? Trams don't go to the places where there's already cars. They get they go to where the people need to be moved. So. Right. You know, there's the technology update for that. Not difficult, honestly, not even expensive anymore. You know, there's, not anymore, there's right? platforms out there that can that can do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an opportunity to create a magical experience. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand not only what all of your touch points are, but where there may be pain points within those touch points that could be hurting your business. 
and also identify what is going really well at each touch point so that you can make sure that you sustain that and also think of new technology or new ways to make it better. Yep. And all these touch points make up this, this sphere of influence, right? This, this, you know, uh, touch point map, um, or this touch point system, which I love the acronym TPS, because that's a <laughs> reference back to the office and the TPS reports are due. But yeah, the, the TPS, <laughs> the touch point system is made up of all these things from the digital side, uh, from the physical side, right? From, you know, um, all of the senses that can be applied in person as well. So it's this idea that you've got this uh, touch point system, this sphere of influence and these opportunities to create magical experiences. And just, you know, all you need to do is pay attention. You do have to pay quite, you know, detailed attention, but pay attention, um, do analysis and apply process. Yes. Um, I, I always say, you know, it's typically, you know, people say, oh, I need technology to solve this problem. Yeah. Yes, you do. But typically it's three parts. It's, it's technology, process and people. So find the right technology. Um, you do have to apply a process to that. And what is the people factor in it? You know, there's always a people factor. Even I always say the best chatbots are the ones that have the best live human takeover. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's invariably uh, X percent of the time you're not, the bot doesn't have the answer. Well, is your live pickup quick? Do they look back and read what's already been said? So what is the process that's been applied to whatever you've decided uh, to pick as your technology solution? So mm-hmm. so I think you have some good examples too, don't you? Some, some clients that yeah. you've worked with uh, that really kind of bring this home. Yeah, so it's, I mean, great example of something that would frustrate me for years. So... Um, Okay, I, I don't, uh, I'm not in the entertainment business. I supply widgets, right? Well, some folks supply, I, I'm a very large consumer of electronic widgets, iPhones, um, things that plug in, right? For years, you would get these widgets, these, these devices, these battery power devices, and they're like, okay, open the box. Now go charge it. You don't want, you don't want to, you want to use this thing, right? Yeah, so right. years ago, yeah. Apple had decided that, yeah, every phone's going to come with a 70% charge. You know, that turned a very negative experience to a very positive experience. And they set the standard, yes, so I think pretty much everything that comes out of the box now um, comes out of the box with a battery that's ready to go. So thinking about what is that unboxing experience like and thinking about um, following through everything that you deliver to your client to the full journey. Why'd they buy it? What do they want to do with it? Did you make it easy to do that? So that's one example. Um, obviously, your website is a huge example. Don't just play, pay a little attention to that. Pay a lot of attention to that. I will go back to Disney. Um, you know, they've got the genie. We were talking about recently how um, it's it's a shame that if you're not, and my family is fanatical about it, if you're not a planner, you could save up, spend a ton of money, go to Disney. And I, and I saw it when I was in Orlando. There were some folks going to the parks in the hotel. And I, I saw they're like, Hey, how about we head over? You know, they didn't have a plan. And I'm thinking, Oh, you're, I feel so terrible. You're going to be disappointed because you don't wing it. You know, you're going to get on two rides, three rides. So Disney has this free program called the genie. And, and if you've taken a little bit of initiative, you can help have the genie help you plan your day. 
and mm-hmm. they use data points. They 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 know when certain rides are lighter and the lines are you know shorter. So they say, okay, well, you should book over there, and you click on that. And not only that, the data gets better now because I've got real time data that I've got a certain amount of people that in their schedule presently are going to be at the Ratatouille ride. So I know that, and then so this system just gets better and better that way. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, if you show up and, and again, my, we have every, well, not my wife, my daughter, they, they ran the whole show last time, which I love, <laughs> but we get so much done because we're planners. So, um, and the reality is you can't depend on that. So in order to avoid that experience of, Hey, let's just go wing it, end up going on two rides. And I spent, you know, $800 for my family to walk in the park. That's a bad experience. So they'd use the website. Mm-hmm. And other means and 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 the app. Um, they have a very good app. So yeah. I highly recommend paying a lot of attention to your digital assets, especially website and apps. Kevin, do you have time? Because I love this this example. Do you have time to maybe quickly cover what you did with hard rock and reverb? Yeah, that would be great. So um Oh, thanks. We um, we built two AI digital assistants for Reverb, and it's a new hotel chain by Hard Rock. Um, and they had to be really cognizant of how the brand was already established. So these things needed to work in the voice and the style of Hard Rock. Um, Reverb was a little different. Um, it's a new brand for Hard Rock. They've, as they said, flipped the script. Um, they are focused on the fan as opposed to the rock star. So, you know, you go into the room, it doesn't doesn't give you a quote from Steven Tyler. It, you know, it shows you notes from fans the, that about how much they love their concert. And it's got like clipped concert ticket stubs. So very cool. So when we went ahead and we're creating this chat bot, it wasn't just there to answer questions. It was there to be interesting and funny. So she has a name. Her name's Eve. She's probably about in her mid thirties, she's got maybe have a couple tattoos. Um, and she is a little bit, uh, quippy sometimes give you a funny answer, a little sarcastic answer, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, that was a huge opportunity for them to, um, create an experience that aligned with their brand. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on, on the Alexa side, every room has an Alexa and there's limitations. We have to stay in some cases in, in the Amazon Alexa voice, but we do have opportunities to deliver um, musical responses and certain mm-hmm. things that that are in the the voice and tone of uh, the hard rock brand, and that's so important. So you know, look at all these touch points, and do they represent your brand? Um, the other thing I'll say, you know, there's there there are so many too many to to list. Um, the other one I do want to circle back to that is often overlooked is um, social media. Yes, there's your your outbound social media, your deliberate social media, but do you have a code of conduct for your employees? So what if your employees are posting on social? Um, do you encourage it? Do you discourage it? Do you mention the brand? Um, and we were able to dig up current, we'll post it on the site, but I think if you put Disney code of conduct, it, it does have Bob Chapek on it, so it is up to date. And we've got the full code of conduct for Disney. So they, you know, they're very specific about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, Hard Rock, I, I, you know, the last thing I'll say about them, I, I'm a huge fan, almost as much as Disney too. Um, they do have their their four mottos, which are kind of their four rocks that that everything, um, you know, it represents the brand. And that does follow through for Reverb. And it's love all, serve all, take time to be kind, save the planet, and all is one. Mm-hmm. which I, I like that last one. So, you know, very quickly, you understand what you're becoming part of if you're an employee, how you should represent yourself. 
and you know everything should ladder up to those those they call them mottos um you know but those four statements so i i guess to to pull all of this together when we talk about touch points and talk about the digital ecosystem which also encompasses touch points it seems like it's very complex but one way to think of it i think most of you, most business people are familiar with the value chain concept. And that's been around for a very long time. And the old value chain concept is really quite linear and sometimes very rigid. You know, this step one to step two to step three. The thing about a digital ecosystem is, is that any one piece of the chain can jump over another in order to accomplish a service goal. So when you think of digital ecosystem and you think of a sphere versus a linear line that has to be followed, it's a very flexible value chain that allows you to move back and forth within this sphere in different directions to create parts of your business, whether it's analyzing your touch points or putting in service framework or whatever that is to impact yeah. your customers in a positive way and um, gaining that competitive advantage to keep your customers for life. Absolutely. So this the concept is so much more flexible and as all things evolve and change into something else. And uh, I still like the value chain. I think it's a valuable tool to understand, but I'm a real fan of the digital ecosystem and the concept of the sphere where things can move around and back and forth and yeah. you're not held to that rigid line in order to accomplish a goal, you know? Yeah, we talk about that a lot in, in the book, evolution from a linear value chain to this 3D value sphere. And it's true. Whereas uh, manufacturer, distributor, retailer, consumer, you know, a manufacturer, consumer, we're doing, you know, a ton of D2C work, helping um, brands figure out how to get direct to consumer while not alienating the retail channels. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one simple example. But in the book, we were going pretty, pretty deep into that whole 3D value sphere. So believe it or not, we are we are at our time and we've got to give these folks the greatest piece of advice they'll ever hear. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can't skip that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, in summary, back trying to pull out some of the best things that we think um, you can apply is pay attention and notice opportunities, right? So every time there's a challenge, every time there's a complaint, you got an employee that's saying, hey, I, people are asking me these questions that I, I can't answer, you know, they're unanswerable. So, you know, what should I do? Really take a deep look at what the solution is. And typically there's a process you can apply, that process may contain technology, maybe it doesn't, right? Maybe, it, but it, it is an opportunity. You've created a touch point, an opportunity to speak with your consumer, take advantage of it. Yes. So. Well, that's our advice, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I enjoy listening to Debbie's stories. I hope you did too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> yeah. So we look forward to seeing you next week. And thanks for listening. Thank you. And goodbye. You've been listening to the Disney Way for the Digital Age. Our producer and engineer is Stephen Byram. Show coordinator, Taryn Pre-Trahan. And voiceover by Cindy Clifford. Kevin and Debbie can be reached for free advice or paid consulting at Kevin at DisneyWayDigital.com or Debbie at DisneyWayDigital.com. A new episode is released each Tuesday morning. We hope you continue to listen.